0: I wish wearing a black button up didn't automatically make you look like a, like you're at a restaurant working. One second. I fucked up. <laughs> uh, fuck. How am I fucking 36? Hmm, I kind of fucked with you. This is the shiniest bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> Who bought this for me? <laughs> Why? <laughs> i've lost so much weight that everything looks like i'm wearing like my dad's clothes god Better. Sup, you beautiful bastards? Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show and let's just jump into it. Y'all first, up, uh, remember how yesterday we were talking about bad investments, people freaked out by the stock market, the crypto market, how I put a lot of money into Peloton and I hate myself for it. Well, it was already kind of headed that way yesterday, but we have now today confirmably found, confirmably, definitively found a worse investment and that is Luna. Now, I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty of this story about this and stable coins and the future of the market, blah, 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 I'm not the guy for that. Personally, I'd recommend you watch CoffeeZilla's this video breaking it down. I'll link to it down below. But at the very least, I need to give you the surface level of this story because it is just insane. Just last month, Luna Terra—you'll see different versions of this in the headlines—it hit a high of one hundred eighteen dollars. The price today, and it's dramatically changing by the minute. 0.019. less than two cents. And this is why, especially when it comes to altcoins, you need to just like hold on a second when people are like, "Oh, you got to buy the dip." KSI I'm as a YouTuber, entrepreneur, everything. Yes, he jumped into Luna thinking, hey, maybe I'm getting this at a crazy discount. This is either gonna be very good or very bad. As we've learned, it was very bad, especially because it turns out he put $2.8 million into Luna, which as of this morning was only worth around $1,000. With a few other whales out there sharing their losses. And, and I will say, when it comes to the KSI's of the world, I think people are more, you know, ready to dunk on or kind of laugh at a massive loss like that. Right? Because I think a lot of people, if you look to a KSI, a Logan Paul, a Mr. Beast, you're like, okay, they probably have net worths of like eight to nine figures. Years like I think Mr. Beast is definitely gonna become a billionaire at some point. But personally, I can't make fun of 98% of the people that lost money here. Cause I know a lot of people just throwing money at these altcoins, trying to like chase and hunt them down. But just regular everyday people that are like looking for a way to escape society, shitting on them daily. Trying to break out from the shackles of debt and or low income. So whether on their own or they, they listen to the sirens call of Joe Blow Fuckface Influencer. And they just throw so much money into this. And I just, I wonder over the past like 72 hours, how many lives have been ruined? Yeah, crazy times, man. And then let's talk about what seems to be the conclusion of this incredibly messy situation between Kalilah Coon, Bobby Lee, Brendan Schaub, Brian Callen, Ethan Klein, your mom and dad, everyone was apparently involved in this story. And spoiler alert, where we kind of end, it just seems that Brendan Schaub is a giant bitch baby, but you can judge for yourself, right? Because the biggest update is that Brendan went on Bobby and Kalila's Tiger Belly podcast to try to talk everything out. There, not addressing he and or his team's abuse of the copyright system, but instead the two kind of situations that deal specifically with them. The initial controversy regarding Kalila's Trash Tuesday podcast where Kalila and another host mentioned that a comedian hit on them. Now they don't mention him by name, but they refer to a comedian who isn't funny and everyone was like, oh, Brendan Schaub, <laughs> which some say is funnier than any joke Brendan Schaub has ever told. And the second situation was Brendan accusing Bobby Lee of running a toxic Reddit that was attacking him, leading to Brian Callan threatening Bobby's career and bullying him on the phone. So among other things, while he disputes the accusations from the other woman, he does admit that he did DM and hit on Kalila. You're
1: referring to DMs. Right. Didn't... Which, which I own and was completely stupid Thank and you. never should Thank have done. You. Okay.
0: With Kalila saying with Brendan right there that after the comments believed to be about Brendan made waves online, Brendan texted Bobby saying. This is a
1: direct quote. Mm-hmm you're finally going after anyone who harasses you online, including comics, that you have spent half a million dollars on monster lawyers, and that you have friends in dark places who are gonna get the job done. And
0: adding, she saw a post from a gossip site that she felt confirmed that Brendan was taking legal action and claiming that he was threatening to expose her, right? Reveal negative information about her. Saying that it seemed like Brendan was upset about the Trash Tuesday remarks, so then he concocted these random allegations against Bobby to retaliate. Now in response to that, Brendan says that's not the case. And actually there's already been an investigation into potential criminal activity on his subreddit. He also talks about evidence that he can't send them because they can't be in possession of it, but he can show it to them and then they can talk about it, which all sounds kind of weird to a lot of people. The number of. the flags for people going up when Kalila actually says this is not the first time that Brian has done something like this. I also have it it on
1: excellent authority Mm -hmm. that we're not the first people he has threatened that whole Reddit thing about. He has used that excuse on multiple people. I know you're responsible for Reddit. Brendan at
0: one point also saying you know the account had a certified email. The Tiger Belly crew said we only have three emails associated with us saying when we contacted Reddit literally there's no accounts with those emails. But easily my favorite part of this and I think it gives us potential insight into how like the, the comedian podcast community works, or at least how Brendan Schaub was kind of trying to make it work. Apparently, Brendan threatened to take this situation to his daddy, with Bobby revealing and saying straight to Schaub's face. You know, that you were gonna expose me to Rogan and all these people, and that I should get a lawyer, and that I, um, I mean, this is what you you told me. With Kalila also saying that she was told that Brendan tried to weaponize information about her to Joe Rogan, saying that on the same day that he did the flagrant two podcast. Meanwhile,
1: on this day, I was hearing from our friends in common that you had flown to Austin to speak to Rogan about the situation. No, that you were telling. Hold on, let out. me finish this, and you can defend okay, yourself. God. That you were telling Rogan, Whitney, Schultz. Anyone with an ear slanders things about me, that I was a gold digging stealing money from Bobby, because God forbid I make my own money. That you hired a private investigator who was able to incriminate me for six years of Reddit harassment towards you, Joanna, and your kids.
0: Michelle I'm denying that, saying, you know, when I talked to Rogan, I said it's definitely not Bobby or Kalila. Several times throughout the podcast, seemingly as a, a way to maybe give an out or get an out for himself, he says, you know, maybe it could be someone on the team. When
1: I notified you guys of the harassment and, and going back to Tiger Belly, that account stopped posting took the tiger belly email off and changed it. It's never posted again.
0: But still, my favorite thing that his answer to this was I'm gonna run to daddy. The comedian podcast daddy. The two also kind of though, it's very loosely said. Some of the blame of why this situation blew up even more was uh, Schultz and Ethan Klein asking about this on their podcast. Bobby saying of the H3 podcast. I'm not one to air my dirty laundry on air, Okay. okay? And it was a private matter and once he brought it up, there was just no way to get out of it. I tried. Michelle Obzanga
1: too. Same thing with Schultz when he goes, hey, I wanna bring up the hate. I didn't know he's gonna bring up this so particular issue with us. yeah, mm-hmm. And I said, nothing but complimentary things. I wanted to move on.
0: But also I would say to defend Schultz and Klein, like at any point they could have said, we're not going to talk about this. Really, I don't think Bobby or Kalila would have talked about it if Schaub hadn't talked about it. Especially with Kalila. I mean, she even says as much. She saw that as like a green light. But yeah, Ultimately that is the story. It gives us really interesting insight. And I think if there's a lesson that we learned from this, it's please be nice to Brendan Schaub. Otherwise he is going to sick his friends in shadowy places, very expensive lawyers and, or, Daddy Rogan on you. And then really quickly, I wanna mention, I wanna make a video with you. Right now, we're trying to gather as many people's thoughts and feelings and how the pandemic has impacted you over the past two years. Your responses can be deep personal, silly, funny, whatever. Whether it's a minute long or an hour long, I want to hear your perspective. You'll have the week to submit the ideally horizontal video and for the full details where to send it and it needs to be in the next seven days. Like I said, I'm linking down below, but the main three prompts, who were you before the pandemic? What's the most important lesson you've learned from the pandemic and who will you become because of the pandemic? But from that, I want to thank today's sponsor, ButcherBox for offering you beautiful bastards free ground beef for life. And ButcherBox is a premium meat delivery service for those that enjoy high quality meats at the utmost convenience. 100% grass fed, beef free range, organic chicken, wild caught seafood, and pork-raised crate-free at an affordable price. My wife and I have definitely been enjoying our cooking lately, especially as I've been getting back on my health goals, with our go-to being the Custom Box. So, you know, we can choose between the burgers, wild Alaskan salmon, chicken tenders for the boys, but oh my God, I love that salmon. eating right without compromise and flavor, baby. <laughs> I'm not cool enough to say that sentence, but it's true. You know, ButcherBox does make it easy to customize for your specific lifestyle needs. You can meal prep just for yourself or the whole family from just one box. And the best part is that ButcherBox partners with farmers who meet high quality standards. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness and packed in an eco-friendly 100% recyclable box. During a rare flash sale, new members will receive two pounds of grass-fed organic beef in every box for the lifetime of their membership, plus $10 off your first box with the code DeFranco. Yes, you did hear that right. That is free ground beef for life, plus $10 off your first box. So order today at ButcherBox.com slash DeFranco. And then, let's talk about some heroes, some Banffs, some people that make us think that not everyone is horrible. And that, thanks to this video that's now gone viral out of Boynton Beach, Florida. It takes place in this intersection, traffic's flowing smoothly, and then all of a sudden you see this one black vehicle drifting diagonally across the stoplight. With it later turning out that the driver, who we now know is named Lori, was convulsing after a mix of blood pressure pills and fasting before a medical procedure had left her dizzy. But her co-worker's in a nearby vehicle, and all they can see is that she's just slumped over the wheel. So you see this brave coworker in leggings leaping out of her own car, rushing down the street, waving her arms frantically at other motorists, who then politely tell the bystander effect to fuck off, taking action, several people ditching their own vehicles, running over to help to stop Lori from rolling into a deadly accident. And then you see them using their collective strength to actually bring the vehicle to a stop, which uh, appear to give one man far too much confidence, trying to use his individual strength to punch out, the window, he failed. Luckily, there was one woman there that was like, oh yeah, work smarter, not harder. She runs back to her car, naturally grabs her trusty Dumbo, which a man uses to smash in the rear window, with another man climbing inside and locking the passenger side door so they could put the car in park. But the story doesn't end there because they end up pushing the car again, all the way to a 7-Eleven parking lot, where a nurse who just happens to be there administers medical attention to the driver while the fire department's on their way. And as for Lori, she's fine now. Uh, she ended up not waking up till the next day, is probably very confused as to what happened. But the main thing, she is fortunately now recovered and very grateful to those who helped her. Which is also why the Boynton Beach Police Department is asking people to identify anyone who helped out. Because Lori wants to thank them and honor them for their heroism. Yeah, it's just an awesome story that I wanted to share because I feel like there are just so many people in life, and I think sometimes we think this about ourselves, where we're just a bystander. We're a voyeur to the, the human experience. But these people on this specific day decided, I'm going to stop something bad from happening. And that's exactly what they did. And honestly, if they didn't, Who knows if Lori would still be here? Which is why all these beautiful bastards are bamfs of the day. And then, if you are a parent or you have infant siblings, you're probably already intimately familiar with this story. Because right now, the US is experiencing a nationwide shortage of baby formula to the point that it's just taken over headlines, leaving parents scrambling to find whatever solution they can to feed their newborns, rationing or watering down their existing formula, or even driving hours only to find empty shelves. And for those who aren't, as a a parent, I can tell you this story is, I think, equal parts heartbreaking as it is horrifying. This is not just a minor inconvenience. You've got children, especially those with certain medical conditions who need a minimum amount of formula to stay healthy. With people like this one woman in San Antonio having to ration out the last can of formula in her fridge to her three-year-old daughter who suffers from a rare allergic esophageal disorder. She's been calling suppliers all over the state to no avail. And with 56% of formula out of stock in her city as of Tuesday, San Antonio is one of the worst hit places, which is especially bad for the low income, mostly Latino population there who don't have health insurance and don't have time to breastfeed with how much time they spend working. And as far as why this is happening, one of the biggest drivers seems to stem from one formula manufacturer, in particular, Abbott Nutrition. Because back in February, when four babies got sick with bacterial infections after consuming its products, the company took three types of formula off the shelves. And on top of all this, you have online private sellers gouging prices, selling formula for double or triple the normal cost. And so of course with this, you have Republicans blaming Biden for this, saying he's not doing enough to ramp up formula production. With Mitt Romney yesterday sending a letter to the FDA and the Department of Agriculture claiming federal officials have been too slow to respond. Though you have the FDA saying they're already working with Abbott Nutrition to restart production at its plant in Michigan. It have been meeting regularly with various formula manufacturers to increase production capacity and urging retailers to consider placing sales limits on infant formula products. But for now, this is affecting a ton of people, right? According to the CDC, only about one in four parents exclusively breastfeed their children up to the age of six months, meaning that most parents and caregivers are at least partially dependent on formula. And so where I'll end this to the parents struggling with this, or if you know parents that are struggling with this, the first thing that you should do is call your baby's pediatrician. They might be able to connect you with a breast milk bank, they might be able to get you formula samples, but at the very least you can get some. information because right now, it seems like a number of parents are doing more dangerous things. We're seeing doctors speaking out saying, please do not try and make homemade formula. With for example, Dr. Katie Lockwood, an attending physician at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Primary Care saying, regular formula is FDA regulated and held to very high standards, the same way we treat medications. And adding, making it at home is a lot riskier. And Dr. Steven Abrams, a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics saying, the nutrients in homemade formulas are inadequate in terms of the critical components babies need, especially protein and minerals. The American Academy of Pediatrics also strongly advising against homemade formulas. as far as some of the reasons why, the New York Times noting that such formulas can contain an excess of minerals or nutrients, like salt, which a baby's developing kidneys or liver may be unable to break down. You can also just accidentally use too much water, which can cause a condition known as water intoxication, which can lead to dangerous complications like seizures in young babies. And that's in addition to contamination risk. You might accidentally introduce bacteria or something else that's dangerous for a baby. With Dr. Abrams telling the Times, in a pinch, babies over six months with no known allergies can have pasteurized whole milk cow's milk for a brief period of time until parents are able to find formula. Once again, the situations and advice get specific to your child. So the first call should be to your pediatrician. And understand if it feels like I'm kind of just hammering this as far as contacting a medical professional, it's just, I feel like I come across a new person every day that will like do some random shit they saw a 13 year old make on TikTok rather than like contact a medical professional. And I'm not saying that's you, but if it gets to one of those people, Fantastic. And then in international news though, it's interesting because it's really more of a social debate. Let's talk about Spain. And that's because the socialist led coalition government there is preparing a bill on reproductive health and abortion rights set to be unveiled early next week. Also, I'm going to warn you, uh, Chris on my team. Love you, Chris. He gave me two optional jokes to include in this segment, and I'm doing it because you'll see why. But one of the innovative parts of this bill that's grabbing headlines right now is that there's a plan to give women at least three sick days from work if they suffer from severe period pains, or I'm sorry, uh, period spains. No, Chris. Oh, this next one's better though. Right, but that's big news because that would potentially make Spain the first Western country to approve any kind of menstrual leave. And this bill is expected to pass. Right, and under the proposed law, women could even take as many as five days off if they have disabling periods with severe cramps, nausea, dizziness, and vomiting. Sorry, I mean, Barcelona. <sighs> Whoa, <Whew>, Chris. <laughs> Ugh. turn the dad pun meter to 12. But I think that's the last one. Here's the thing. a Spain's Secretary of State for Equality explains, we are not talking about a slight discomfort, but about serious symptoms such as diarrhea, severe headaches, fever. And according to the Spanish Gynecological and Obstetric Society, around a third of women who menstruate, they suffer from these kind of symptoms known as dysmenorrhea. And so if you just do the math, right? Three to five days a month, that means 36 to 60 more sick days per year, which even on the low end, that's several times more than most people get in the US. And so as a result, you have some critics arguing that this could result in employers discriminating against women during the hiring process, potentially harming the very people it's meant to help, though the government denies that this would lead to any such stigma. And here's the thing, while this may be alien to you or I, right? it's pretty groundbreaking in the West. Upon looking into it, there are other countries like Japan, Taiwan, Indonesia, South Korea, and Zambia that have some form of menstrual leave as well. Also, there's another big measure in the Spanish legislation that would allow women over the age of 16 to get abortions without the permission of a parent or guardian, doing away with a 2015 law passed by conservatives that imposes the parental consent requirement on girls aged 16 and 17. But still, many women struggle there to find abortion services nearby, so the new law also guarantees that all public hospitals offer free abortions. Though, at the same time, throwing a bone to pro-birthers, it does create an official register allowing medical staff who object to abortion to opt out of involvement in it. Additionally, there are other parts of the bill removing the VAT tax on female hygiene products and makes pads and tampons available for free in schools and education centers. Plus, that's right, it's not over. The public health system there would dish out free hormonal contraceptives, including the morning-after pill as part of a sex education program. And as kind of the cherry on top, the bill extends paid leave for childbirth from 36 weeks, up to the moment of birth, giving women four extra weeks paid. But unfortunately, the one thing not included in this legislation are free plane tickets from the United States to Spain, since our country is going back five fucking decades. But the question I'll pass off to you, it doesn't have to do with the abortion stuff. We've we've talked about that over the last two weeks. What I am most interested in with this story is what are your thoughts on the menstrual leave? Are you for it? Are you against it? Are you kind of in between and you kind of just want to see how this plays out? Let me know what you're thinking and why in those comments down below. But that is ultimately where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, being a part of the conversation in those comments. If you want more news, you can click or tap right there. But of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you next time.